There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Day one. <sighs> Tough going. I think the minute you stand still is the minute you're dead. Day two, um, 48 hours done now. Uh, three full days down, 72 hours in. Four full days in and I wanted to get Day five. Uh, or five days done, sorry. Going into day six now. Maybe it's been bred into me, but I've always had a, a curiosity to, to explore the world. Day 56, eight weeks done and dusted. Mood is good, spirits are high. Day 43, done and dusted actually. Day 32, done and dusted. Anything and everything is, is achievable. Yeah, this is going to be fucking epic, man. This is only 24 hours in and, um, yeah, it's tough. My name is Damien Brown and welcome to Deep Roots. And welcome back to episode six in the story of my solo and unsupported row across the Atlantic Ocean. So last week we left it off at the end of day nine. If you guys remember, it was a... Well, I labelled it a foundational day, but it was a it was a tough twenty four hours of um, internal battles or an internal process to lift myself up eventually from um, losing an oar. And the reason why I had lost an oar um, due to lazy and sloppy standards, but they had been manifesting in my standards for a long time and there was a a disconnect and a disturbance internally that drew me down into a hole um, of analysis and uh, reflection and introspection and took some brutal honesty to shed some light and create some solace to the to the kind of internal battle that was going on and that battle was caused by well like it was caused by my sloppiness but the thing that um created the loss of an oar 
was um, the weather conditions. The weather conditions had been huge now for a few days. Um, you know, we later were to find out that they were the biggest that the race had experienced in 10 years. And they hadn't changed come day 10. They were still um, heavy seas and high winds. And it was a word I used a lot out here was hectic. Uh, that might sound a little bit um, of a underwhelming term to to deal with or to label um, these conditions. But that was all just about playing it down for myself because, you know, whatever we're telling ourselves um, has consequences on our stage. So I was just trying to play it down. So in a lot of these videos, you'll hear me refer to it as hectic. And um, and Day 10's video was similar. I know I do repeat myself a little bit in this video uh, from yesterday, from Day 9. But um, give it a listen and um, I will delve into some of the points that I, I didn't get a chance to talk about in the last episode. In particular, uh, shitting into a bucket. <laughs> Here you go guys, here's day 10, enjoy. Day 10 folks, uh, the last 48 hours have been a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, two days ago I was flying along, probably had my most mild today, felt good. Uh, went to bed that night, woke up. Um, shit. Um, woke up, went to grab an oar to get rolling first thing in the morning and it was it was missing. Uh, all I had left was the, the little button part. I'll show you. There was meant to be an oar in between that. Yeah, so that put that set me back a little bit. Um, I just to complicate things because the doors I had I had used before. Uh, I went to bottom look at them. Just, they had to be. I had to have two sets. going on here so um, not so bad intense way can take a video um, uh, yeah it's uh, I, uh, you know once the the kind of sun goes well it's not yeah it, it gets really really uh, hectic at times and uh, to the extent where yesterday yesterday was a shit day literally uh, I was, um, you know, having a number two here, as we try and do, I have to do, and um, looked up, in all my life, there was about three meters of a wall of three meters of water above the break on the uh, growing deck. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, an experience I prefer not to repeat. Um, yeah, so yeah, like I said, it's been a roller coaster. You had the really good day, and then the real hectic winds and bad nights. Really difficult to row at night, and um, and then we had yesterday, which was wars and just everything seemed to be going wrong, and my head was fucking melted. 
But uh, listen, at the same time, that's what it's about. It's about this, these challenges, and um, you know, it's not. It was never going to be all sunshine and lollipops. Merry Christmas. Talk soon. My apologies for that aggressive wind, but um, I suppose it paints a picture for you guys a little bit of what I was kind of experiencing out there. That was just relentless, that wind. It just never stopped during this period. You know, it was kind of blurred out a bit there, but I was talking about 25 knot, 25 knot winds um, and gusting up to whatever, probably 40 um, there was even one stage there in that audio piece that um, there was a bit of dead air and that's because I had to brace myself for this huge wave that came in and hit the side of the boat. Actually, I'll link this um, video or that video up um, so you guys can get a visual on what was going on and obviously you can see the button um, that was uh, lanyarded to the that the ore had slid out of and was continue was still lanyarded when I woke up um, on the morning of day nine to find myself minus uh, one of my four precious ores. The mindset I had around those days um, was one of grind, just keep going, just keep grinding through these challenges, just keep persevering, just keep going. But I didn't have much choice. Um, if I wanted to get to the other side, if I wanted to achieve what I wanted to achieve, I had to do that. And that lack of choice is not something we become very familiar with, or we are very familiar with in um, modern first world existence. It is interesting when you do give yourself a window into it and what it what that having to persevere, what not having an option around the challenge or the situation you find yourself in, not having that easy option and having to persevere through it, what that gives you. Having no choice and looking back then and seeing the rewards that having no choice gave you and if you had had a choice that you might well have taken the easy out um, is what we often do because the hard road is difficult the hard choice the hard option the difficult option is often um, veered away from by uh, first level thinking which is um, my by first level thinking which is my label on how the body and mind will always look for the easy way out first. And having have to have awareness of that decision-making process or the stress involved in that decision-making process, being aware of it, being aware of why your mind is working and giving you certain narratives and stories to to take an option and then been able to realize the more fulfilling choice would be how i would describe it the choice that gives you more satisfaction in the long run not that instant gratification that chases us and we chase um unbeknownst to ourselves but 
something that gives us a much more deep reward getting past that first level thinking and the lack of choice is a great way to build an association with that but of course we don't we have so much choice now that um it fucks that up it fucks building that association and remember we're habit we we work in habit patterns we we are constantly creating habit patterns in everything we do from the way we sit the way we walk the way we eat the way we think um, in certain moments in certain situations um, and if we're always taking the easy option uh, we're never ever going to pattern that we're, the more we pattern it the deeper it becomes and the harder it is to break so you really got to be able to build that association and then start to layer it layer it in, in in a sorry the good association with the with the reward of um choosing the hard road and the good thing about an ocean row is that it takes away a lot of choice and you see that very clearly and you get the reward at the end um that that lack of choice well, you had no, you had no other option as long as you kept working and rowing and never gave up. Uh, you were going to look back and kind of see what that lack of choice gave you. So day ten was, yeah, this period generally was was really, really, really tough. So from day nine to about day eighteen, and it was like it was tough for me it was tough for all all boats um because of those conditions we were experiencing like just huge waves and huge uh winds and it was um it was sketchy but it was also exhilarating <laughs> not so exhilarating when you're sitting on a bucket um having a shit and um you have your well, I wore like kind of undershorts, you know, bicycle shorts, lycra type things when you have them around your ankles and you're already in a precarious position. Uh, and then you look up and you see and you're, you're trying to get on and off that thing as quickly as possible. Uh, and then you see this wall of water building over the cabin and you just know that, fuck, that is <laughs> that is breaking over me and over the row over the row and i am in absolutely the worst position possible um for this to be happening now so <laughs> uh yeah and that just seemed to happen on a really shit day excuse the pun so it was just as i said in day nine it was just one of those days but you know that's that's the process of getting rid of number twos is that you hop on a bucket uh, a builder's bucket and I had the luxury of having velcroed a toilet seat to it but I'm not too sure if it just made it even more precarious adding that layer but listen there was a bit of comfort in it anyway and um, yeah I remember just been knocked sideways and obviously all the contents of the bucket um, spilled everywhere and there's parts of that open rowing deck that uh, flush out but then there's parts that um uh, don't uh, that they are inaccessible to unless you turn the bloody boat over which you know was his thing so um yeah i spent the next once i cleaned myself up i think i spent the next 20 minutes cleaning up little corners of the boat i thought i'd never see um yeah so <laughs> 
a uh, an interesting moment in the in the larger uh, journey. So that was a consequence of those crazy winds and stuff we were um, experiencing, and that was kind of the the highlight of that little uh, that day. And day ten moved on. Like I said, I was hitting some decent mileage at this stage because of those conditions, even though they were big and um, they were pushing me along in the right direction. And they were like, even though they were heavy winds and big seas, they were at least pushing us along and I was getting some mileage. So I think I was overall pretty happy. Um, I know day 11 moving on then um, was the day I would say it was the boat day. Um, would be a good way to describe it because I had two of my first encounters with um, marine traffic apart from the ferry that nearly mowed me down coming in uh, leaving Lagomera the the catamaran between the islands I think El Hero the El Hero ferry uh, (laughs) nearly took me out of it I remember looking over I wasn't long left the marina I'd say 30 minutes 40 minutes I look over my shoulder and I see this thing about a kilometer away from me like tearing down so i just had to do a 90 degree um 90 degree turn to my left in the boat and just row out of its direction and you know passed um thankfully pretty uh pretty far away in the end by the time it got to me but uh yeah that was a bit of a a disconcerting start but um morning of day 11 i saw my first cargo ship uh, it was about, again, it wasn't that far away, I think. Uh, I'll play the video now in a second. It's a really, really quick clip, but I think it was only about, I think I say about a kilometre or a mile away. I'm not sure. Um, and uh, again, I'll, I'll link that video up. So uh, here it is. Day 11, folks. Uh, close encounter with the first bit of uh, marine traffic. Look at this. You can even see in um, in the video linked that those conditions were pretty big, and that the the waves hitting that tanker, which was um, in the in the background of the video, um, were like kind of washing even over the side of that tanker, which must have been I don't know three meters, must have been three meters off the kind of the sea line or something. So. Um, gives you kind of a, a visual on the conditions we were uh, experiencing even though they don't seem too bad there and I don't remember this day being one of the worst days of this period day 11 what I do remember from day 11 though is Anne and the luxury yacht so day 11 was Christmas Eve and it was about that was the cargo ship passed first thing in the morning um, but about four o'clock that afternoon I had a visit from Anne beautiful beautiful Anne I remember seeing um, the um, chart plotter, which is the kind of screen of the GPS, when I was having a bit of a rest earlier in the day that uh, there was a, a boat called Anne that was not too far away. I didn't really pay much attention uh, to it then and there because, you know, the odd one would pop up here and there and sometimes you couldn't see them. I couldn't see Anne at this stage. Um, and you know I was having a, a bit of a break probably having a little bit of a sleep so 
Um, it was just something I noticed. And then I noticed that they were, when I woke up, they were a little bit closer and they were on a bearing to me. Like, so they were coming in my direction. You know, these, um, these chart plotters give your, um, your chart plotted into it, uh, direction and bearing and, uh, the, any boat around you and it actually tells you when you know if if you are on a, a similar heading or bearing that if and when you will um, collide so I could see they were kind of aiming right at me which I thought was a little bit uh, unusual but I didn't think much of and I didn't go into the you can go into the AIS and check up uh, the, the details of the boat so I went back out on the oars and I think I did another stint if I remember correctly and they came back in and I was looking at it again and I was like geez they're they're still on a really kind of bearing to me and they are much closer now uh, so I started keeping an eye over my um my left hand shoulder every now and again to see if I could get a visual on them because at this stage I was like oh, these are act these are obviously coming to me um, for a reason and I think I had checked I don't remember but in any sort of panic so that that would tell me that um, I had checked that the size it wasn't a cargo ship like it was a, a, a leisure vessel or whatever and sure enough um, between the, the wind and the waves uh, or between the wave heights I, I started to see um, uh, the mast of this boat coming and bobbing in the in the distant horizon and they have I don't know if you've ever seen um, certain boats have these kind of bulbous um, kind of what would you say what's the shape like almost like a, a kind of kinder egg only not as fat like kind of like a yeah a cylindrical shape but at one end it's kind of like egg shaped and they are, um, as far as I know anyway, they are um, on board, um, a system on board for uh, broadband. So you could see they had two of them right at the top of their, their mass and that they were kind of showing up um, more prominent in my vision than anything else, you know. So I was just watching it carefully and sure enough, it was getting closer and closer and I was getting really excited because I hadn't had any human interaction in uh, 11 days at that stage. And um, eventually this beautiful, absolutely stunning um, yacht turns up. I, I had no idea. It must have been, I'm going to say like 100 foot, 120 foot, um, kind of like glass cabins. Um, beautiful wooden kind of parquet deck I, I'm, I'm not a, a boat person I don't know the terminology for it but I just remember seeing this thing and it it circled me a few times and there was I'd say the guts of 15 people kind of between the the kind of glass cabins so you could I could see right into the cabins like we could see the the person I'm let's say the captain I'm not sure if it was the captain but whoever was steering the boat and I could see all the people and there was people right up the front of the boat and then there was a load of kind of people in the cabin like waving out the cabins at me and shouting and screaming and there was like girls in bikinis and <laughs> I was I was very very jealous they seemed to be like they seemed to have a glass I think like it was Christmas Eve so I'm sure they were celebrating um 
um, Christmas and celebrating just being in such a an amazing part of the world and you know for the festive season um, and they circled me I don't know I'm gonna say four or five times and I could hear them shouting my name and waving at me and screaming and screaming the name of my my team if you want which was called Gulliver's Travels which was just something we had to do for the, the race like have a team name but you know it wasn't much of a team apart from uh, me and the boat so uh, you know later I was to find out that um, you know they had obviously um, good Wi-Fi signal or good broadband on board and they were able to they were tracking me and they not only did they pass me but they passed um, a couple of boats after me as well Oliver Crane which was uh, a young guy from America a young 19 year old who was uh, one of the other solos in the race they passed him the next day on Christmas Day and they got some photos of him um, uh, in a Santa suit which which is just amazing because he didn't know they were coming, but he was still wearing a Santa suit. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Uh, even though nobody was going to see him, uh, which I think is absolutely endearing. And uh, yeah, so um, there was a guy on board, Sam Swan, uh, who um, sent photos to um, um, my friend Owen, who was doing my social media, Owen O'Malley. Um, he sent them through and Owen posted them at the time. So I had a big uh, beaming smile on my face and I have a couple of videos and you can just about make out the screaming of the, the crew and the girls and the guys on board and the waving, uh, which I'll also post on here um, in the show notes. So you guys can have a look and have a look at this beautiful, absolutely beautiful um, boat or yacht or whatever you want to call it that, that passed by. And I remember, I, I'm, I'm remembering this now as I'm talking, but I think they shouted at me or there's some reason I knew they were going to Antigua. I think they said, we'll see you in Antigua. You know, I I, I kind of have a hazy enough memory of the um, interaction with them when I put down the phone uh, that I was recording their circles of my boat on, but I, I'm pretty sure... I heard one or two of them saying, we're, you know, we'll see you in Antigua or something like that. So when I got to Antigua, uh, after a few days of uh, rest and recovery, 
I um I searched them out and I went by and I found it in um one of the marinas. There's a few marinas there in um in there's Nelson's Dockyard and then there's Falmouth and there's a couple of marinas in Falmouth. Anyway, I found them and I chatted to some of the crew and it was a really nice kind of um moment, you know, uh to almost kind of full circle that interaction, which was uh sweet. So yeah, that was Christmas Eve and uh the day I was dreading was fast approaching. But that did really give me a nice buzz, um, kind of having them swing by and just seeing and feeling their energy and seeing their kind of enthusiasm you know to to make contact um you i don't i don't know why i don't know why i say that i uh, like but it, it definitely um it definitely lifted me going into uh the day i suppose that i was most worried about um uh christmas day obviously so the first thing I wanted to do Christmas morning was to uh, make contact with my family. And it took me, uh, I think, three. So it took me three videos to actually get out my words because I was so um, emotional. And I want to share one of those videos with you guys now. Um, it was what I remember about this morning and this day generally was it was fantastic it was one of the best days of the whole crossing and i was dreading it from the start but it turns out um i was my expectations around the world way off um but i will i will get into some of that after you listen to this attempt at me uh sending um a a short video through WhatsApp to my brother on Christmas morning. Here it is. Good morning, family. Merry Christmas. In the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Sunrise. don't know if it was the mention of goose sandwiches or um, missing my family that threw out that emotion eventually but um, I flicked the camera off because I was going to burst into tears and I didn't want that to um, be the message I sent home just because um, I'm sure it was already hard enough for them and they didn't really need um, to be you know crying themselves on Christmas morning and it turned out, you know what? It turned out to be a fucking great day. The sunrise was absolutely spectacular. It was so fucking beautiful. And then um, the rowing that day was just out of this world. I don't think I'd experienced a day like that. It just seemed to be these perfect conditions and I couldn't do no wrong. Um, the boat was just flying along. Uh, the rowing was easy. Um, I didn't have to you know for the mileage i wanted and was hoping to get i didn't have to grind that much and i i was just on a buzz all day like the sat phone was hopping you know my my routine with the sat phone was that i would leave it off until about four 
and then I would flick it on. I'd take a break between four and five and I'd go in and flick it on and um, I'd read some text messages uh, and then um, I'd come back out again and between five to seven I would row and then I'd go back in and I think between seven and eight or eight and nine, it depended, it changed a bit on my um, on the timings of the day, but in that hour I would make a phone call and I used to kind of talk to my parents every uh, three or four nights. So I'd talk to them a few nights before that. As I I think if you can hear in that video, I referenced talking to mom and talking about the missing the, the goose sandwiches on, on uh, around Christmas time or uh, after um, after Christmas day, the leftover sandwiches, you know, on Stevens's day. So yeah, but that, that day was just, you know, phenomenal because there was, there was so much connection with the outside world, you know, and people were sending messages and um, people you didn't even know. You didn't like I. I say that I didn't know. I didn't know because it was such old school. Um, I was using a sat phone. Obviously, the sat phone is, if you remember your old phone, um, back, well before smartphones were, you know, to get to a, the C on text message, you had to press one three times. Or to get to the F on a text message, you have to press the number two, three times, you know, to get through there. So that's kind of the technology I was dealing with on my side. So um, it would just come through the um, satellite system. So if somebody hadn't left a name on the end of their message, I didn't really know who it was from unless I could, you know, there was some sort of uh, context in the message that I could link. And I'd say, oh, that's such and such sending me that message. But it didn't really matter. I was just, I was getting all these really supportive, um, loving text messages and um, it made me feel great. And then, you know, I rang a few people that night, way more than usual. I, you know, the odd Every two or three nights I'd make a phone call, but here on Christmas I was I must have talked to at least two or three people and then I had a couple of people ring me as well, which was unexpected and you know, just really um welcome. Um and the day I did dread Christmas Day turned out to be or what my expectations around it turned out to be the next day. Uh day thirteen, St. Stephen's Day. I don't know. I I, I I could give it a guess to say why, um, but the sat phone went very quiet. And after the high of Christmas Day and just the way Everton was so um, almost like a flow state, you know, Everton just went right that day. And then there was the positive kind of reinforcement or the positive kind of affirmation around that of all the phone calls and the warm wishes from people. Um, and the connection with people that I hadn't had, you know, so the next day that was not there. <laughs> Everything was silent and um, no coincidence that the pubs are back open in Ireland, I'm sure. But um, yeah, no, that I found day 13, St. Stephen's Day, really difficult. But it did have its moments. And one of those moments, um, I came in off the oars and I just had to get it onto the video. Um, so here is the audio of that clip. Day 13, um, got up at uh, about half five, got back out in the oars just after six and uh, uh, it was a pretty tumultuous morning to be honest with you. Um, really windy, huge, huge swells 
especially when I went back out between um, eight and nine. Um, it was it was crazy, <laughs> but it was cool. It was it was really uh, exhilarating. Um, I got caught on um, caught. Kind of went up this huge swell at a thirty degree angle. If you get me to the to the wave face and uh, right at the top, I just held on top of the wave for a second, and it was kind of. It was just at sunrise as well and uh, I was able to look over my shoulder and kind of the direction I'm going and it was, must have been five or six meters above uh, the bottom of the wave like just sitting there for a split second it was, it was pretty cool I must say um, first time I've had an experience like that now since I've been out here I'll come back to that clip um, in a minute because I do remember that moment vividly, even now, uh, that split second I spent on top of that wave and just looking over my right shoulder um, and seeing this panorama, which is just oh, so, so fucking cool. Um, but I want to I want to share the evening video of 13 day 13 with you guys and just have a listen for the moment where um, a massive wave hits the cabin. Um, in the middle of this and then um, yeah and then I'll, I'll sum up this day after that and chat about it until it's, uh, that comes up day 13 um, or sunset of day 13 anyway Wild day. Tumultuous, I think, was the word I used this morning. And it summed up the day. Um, seas are big. Wind is heavy. High. East. Well, a little bit of south in it, I found, especially this morning, anyway. Um, I think I'm getting the trick of this holding the boat. Um, and a stern, jeez, um, the stern um, downwind, you know. Uh, it's only taken 13 days, but that, yesterday I kind of felt I was getting a bit better, and today, yeah, I think I understand it anyway a bit more, you know. So, I might be squeezing out an extra mile here and there, which is, uh, yeah, which is great, which is valuable. Uh, yesterday I did 51 in 24 hours, I calculated anyway, between um, 9am both days, so uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to get that again today, or maybe even a little bit more, depends you know, what those when I'm asleep of course, but uh, saw my first flying fish, I think there was three or four of them kind of in a, um, you know, synchronised fly or jump or whatever the hell they do so that was pretty cool um but yeah today was just a day of grinding again every day i suppose is just a grind just get on the oars and grind 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 um and just trying is trying to be as kind of uh efficient and um get the most out of every stroke and I get the most out of the boat. I think, yeah, I'm getting a little bit better on the rudder, foot steering, uh, especially when we're like in that kind of wind tunnel, you know. 
but uh, once you come out of that, oh man, it's a grind to get back into it. You really have to work hard. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a case of just a few degrees and the wind just catches the back and then just, just flips you out of it, pushes you out of it and just grind it to get back in. It's a pain to hold, but uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm definitely getting a bit better at, at managing that, which is great, which can only mean I might go a little bit faster. But uh, at the moment, kind of, you know, the goal is to kind of get in and around 50 miles a day. I think that'd be pretty good. Because uh, you roll basically all those miles anyway. So, but yeah, body of mind, pretty good. And uh, yeah, keeping our list, we'll go out now again at 9 o'clock for an hour and a half or so. Try and get a few more miles in. Uh, maybe even two hours. We'll see. See how it feels at night time. I have a feeling at night time tonight now it's going to be real difficult. Real, really difficult. Very disorientating. But uh, yeah, we'll see. And then uh, back up again for five or six. Back up for five on the oars for six. Um, and yeah, just another day. Crank it out. Day's kind of fly by yeah, long long way to go so I'll go back to the first clip just briefly and talk about that that feeling or that moment where I found myself sitting on top of this wave so to give you a kind of to try and paint the picture or try and give you a visual on what I was looking at. Basically, during this period, in particular days 9, 10, um, 13, 14, and 15, um, I, f I found myself like in the trough of these waves and this just these walls of water. Like, I mean, you're just looking up at them and all. I, I just remember saying to myself, holy fucking shit look at this thing like would, without being in um a state of panic or worry because i knew the boat was aligned and was just going to surf up um up them and then over the over the kind of peak of the wave um and this moment was just just oh i, I just loved it like that for whatever reason the boat just stayed on that kind of lip the peak of the wave for like a split second or just that I turned my head at that split second and was just able to get this kind of like panorama of what was going on behind me and I was able to see how high I was up um in the air like I, i'd love to i'd love to be able to have a picture of that you know the the boat just sitting on the top of a six meter wave just for that split second because i don't know the, the visual in my mind um is pretty extraordinary like so just from that perspective it would have been an incredible thing to be able to capture um you know but it was some 
some experience just to look back um, to where I was going remember and just see this kind of expanse and see the height of the boat and see the kind of continuation of the wave because these walls of water they weren't just in front of me like they were as far as the eye could see you know um, both sides um, and yeah I just I remember that looking over my right hand shoulder and just going holy fuck and this like kind of reverberation of um emotion of some kind just running through me um and it's yeah the picture is pretty clear even now and 13 yeah like the next video then i talked actually about quite a lot of stuff in that um about the stern of the boat and wind tunnels and these are things i'm going to go into in further episodes because they come up again and again and again but the stern is the back of the boat and basically um what i'd been battling with it was to keep it kind of aligned and keep it on a bearing um that was my kind of most efficient line to the, my waypoint which was the gps coordinate i had input into my well gps um and it was with the point i wanted to get that and it was the point that my weather router you know by looking at all his weather system um analysis he had about eight of them if i remember correctly you know that was the direction that was the most efficient way for me to be rowing uh, in terms of making the most of the wind um so um what i was struggling with was to kind of keep the boat on that line and it just kept when the winds were at this sort of um intensity they would just grab that big stern that cabin they call it the aft cabin they would just grab that and basically they would just push it um kind of beam onto the waves so beam on means sideways onto the waves and then you'd have to fight to bring it back around um in line with that uh, bearing you know and in line with the waves and make it as kind of um, efficient in terms of using nature's um um, power and the boat's shape you know to move as quickly as possible and that was a real struggle and actually it's interesting um now listening back because i didn't think this struggle um had started before uh day 14 which was undoubtedly the craziest day of my life um and i'm going to pick this back up um in uh episode seven where I'm going to share that day with you guys. So I hope you enjoyed that, guys. It was a tumultuous period in the race, uh, kind of sandwiched between these two crazy days, uh, in particular day 14, but also day 9. Um, and the learnings around that kind of psychological um, depths of process that I went through. But, you know, when you think about the, the weather conditions, um, just trying to figure those big seas, heavy winds, how to steer the boat, what life was like on board, how to survive, how to look after yourself. Um, and then uh, internally, the kind of the chaos of um, not chaos is the wrong word, but like the the emotional kind of stuff 
the emotional um, importance of Christmas Day and how I built that day up and had certain expectations that turned out, you know, very, very different. Um, the day before that, having like actual human interaction, first time in 11 days with Anne, um, that beautiful boat that came by. So it was a, a memorable part of the race um, these few days, but um, nowhere near um, as well etched in my memory as the next day, which I really look forward to sharing with you guys um, next week. So if you have any questions um, about this episode, uh, feel free to ping them to me through damianbrown.com or um, one of my social medias. Probably the best one to get me on is Instagram. And my handle is at A-U-L-D, old underscore stock. So at old stock. And um, we will, I will answer them. I'll get back to them. And I probably have left a couple of points uh, lingering there from the last video on day 13 that you may well have questions about like wind tunnels and all that sort of stuff but don't worry i'll get to that because there's there's plenty more of that um coming up the battles with that sort of stuff but um at the same time feel free to ask the question um so um yeah if you want to if you would like to show some uh, support for deep roots and myself and what we're trying to do here wherever you whatever platform you listen to your podcast on if you could uh rate the show and um subscribe that'd be fantastic and then just share it share it with anyone you think might be interested i really appreciate it and it'll help a lot that's it for today um have a great morning day afternoon wherever you're at in your day and uh, keep striving for more from yourself um, cheers hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.